excuse me, April 2022. This is a meeting of the Portfolio Committee on Health of the National Assembly. We are to receive um, presentations from the National Health Laboratory Service on the annual performance plans and the budget for 2022-2023. You are all very welcome, including the, our honorable members, the, uh, the members from the ministry and the department who we will hear uh, in a short while who would be present, and also the uh, the uh, representatives from the NHLS. I was trying to see the representatives from the CMS uh, on the platform, and I will give a reason for that just now, as well as uh, any other people who are joined, including our media, people from the public, and of course our staff who are always there to assist us. You're very welcome this morning. We uh, do not have Ms. Majalamba present with us as she is having the bereavement. She will not be present for the two days and Ms. Ndumane will be assisting me with uh, attending to the attendance and the apologies. And we wish the family uh, or, and, and Ms. Uh, Majalamba uh, strength, good strength and uh, wish them well as they Uh, before we continue, I just want to mention we have just entered stage four load shedding. It will impact on myself as we go forward. Um, I would hope that we can have NHLS and CMS complete the presentation and our discussions in one hour, 10 minutes each. So I'm going to move quite speedily this morning. So, Ms. Ngamane, once you've done the attendance and the apologies, if you could please get a hold of Dr. Sipo Kabane. I'll see him uh, and ask him to join earlier, unless they were, we were planning on having them join at two, and I'm not very certain. I was actually trying to look that up just now. Um, um, Honorable Van Staden, I have not even done uh, attendance and apologies, and I see your hand is raised. Is there something that comes before I open the meeting? No, Chair, I'll wait when you're done with that. I just want to mention something on the apologies after you're done with it, please. All right. Mr. Kabane, if you could just assist me, I'm trying to look that up very quickly. Is NFDCMS uh, um, set to join us at 1400 hours on our program? I'm sorry. I. Uh, I've been looking for that. Uh, but uh, I will just give us Kamale now to just uh, give us our attendance and apologies. Um, good morning, Chair and the members. Um, in the meeting, we have Dr. Jacobs, Mr. Munyai, Ms. Gela, Dr. Harvard, Ms. Clark, Ms. Wilson, Ms. Ishmael, Dr. Tembeguayo, Ms. Shirwa, Mr. Fanstad, and, and Mr. Imam Sheikh, um, I don't have any apologies.
My apology for that, honourable uh, members. That was our committee secretary just to remind me of something. As I had already stated, she will not be present. And uh, thanks, Ms. Ngumane, for the attendance and the apologies uh, uh, that you have raised. Um, if uh, you have any questions or concerns, you should send those directly to me, honorable members. Ms. Majalamba will not be uh, present here today, as I had mentioned. So you're very welcome to send any concerns that you have, which you normally discuss with her, you can say directly to me today. We uh, have also just looked up that uh, uh, the CMS will be coming for the presentation at 1400 hours today, uh, meaning we do have enough time for NHLS to do their presentation and for us to engage with that presentation. Uh, I will ask uh, Mr. Joe Hutler from the uh, the PLO of the Minister, please give us an indication who is present from the Ministry and from the Department. Uh, good morning, Honourable Chair and uh, Honourable Members. Uh, on the platform, we do have uh, uh, Professor Eric Buch, uh, who is the Chair of the Board of the NHLS and uh, Dr. Kemi Chetty, the CEO of the NHLS, Dr. Uh, Professor Jeffrey Patlele as well. So I suppose the uh, uh, Professor Eric Buch will, will then lead the team. Thank you very much, uh, Chair. Chair, you're still muted. Oh, I'm muted. Sorry, I muted on my laptop this time. Um, just to remind you that this virtual meeting is deemed to be in the precinct of Parliament and therefore constitutes a meeting of a committee of the National Assembly for official purposes only. In addition to the rules of virtual sittings, the rules of the National Assembly, including the rules same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything said in the virtual platform is deemed to have been said to the House, maybe ruled upon. All members of lobbying shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute their microphones and only, only unmute when recognized to speak. This is because the microphones are very sensitive and will pick up noise which might disturb the attention of other members. When recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your video. Members may make use of the icons on the bar at the bottom of their screens, which have as an option that allows a member to put up his or her hand to raise points of order. The Secretariat will assist in alerting the chairperson to members requesting to speak. When using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain or desist from unnecessary points of order. Honourable members, we shall now proceed with the orders of the, day, the order of the day. Honourable Fansada, do you still want to raise your point? Chairperson, yeah, I just want to let you know that I will leave this meeting at um, just a few minutes after 12. It's at this final view. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. You're very welcome.
It is now 9.38. I was looking at uh, all of us getting uh, an opportunity to, to input on this meeting. So if the CEO and the chair of NHLS will move as speedily as they can, I'm going to try and give a time frame here. Uh, maybe if we can finish before 12, that would be uh, good. Closer to 11.30 might also be best for all of us because we're not certain how uh, low shedding will be influencing us who are in different places of South Africa, different cities and towns. So we will all be affected uh, differently. Uh, with that having been said, Professor Book, you're very welcome uh, as the chair of uh, NHLS to give some remarks and then introduce the rest of the team. Good morning. Morning, and uh, thank you very much uh, for the opportunity to present uh, to the portfolio committee today. Um, I just to say that um, we have with us a number of uh, board members uh, with us today um, in in the meeting, um, and uh, Professor Jeffrey Mpachlele is here. He is the uh, chairperson, the deputy chairperson of the board, um, and. Uh, um, Mr. My, Professor Michael Sachs is here. He is the chairperson of our finance committee. Um, and um, I'm just checking. I, I may have missed others that have, uh, have, have joined the meeting as well from the, uh, from the board. Um, Dr. Camichetti will introduce the executives uh, that are here today. Uh, as I've said before, we always look forward to the meeting with the Parliamentary Portfolio Committee because uh, we tend to get very sharp and, and insightful questions uh, that, uh, that really help us uh, stop and think uh, about how we're governing and, and how we're leading uh, the NHLS. What I think is important in this uh, APP is to say that uh, we have had an extensive process of planning. So we don't take the APP and last year's APP and just kind of write it in again as a mechanical process. Uh, we had a uh, strategic planning meeting um, with the whole board and all the executives. Uh, we went in depth into uh, the overall uh, situation. We analyzed the, the environment. We looked at our services. We looked at our five-year plan. We looked at the kind of strategies to take the NHLS to the next level. And then we tried to build that into uh, this APP. So um, uh, in the, in the uh, annual performance plan, we've set ourselves some ambitious targets, but not wildly over the top targets that, that are not possible to meet. Um, uh, but at the same time, we haven't made these, uh, our targets so simple uh, that, um, that anyone can, uh, uh, could really meet them. You know? So we, we haven't tried to make them so easy that next year we can come back and say, well, we've got 100% because we set the bar so low. Uh, you'll see that there, there are some important challenges. Uh, one of them, as you're well aware, is going to be that our finances are becoming ever tighter. Uh, you'll be aware that uh, as a public entity in the national interest, we've kept our annual increases very low, uh, often below inflation in the, you know, at, at just a few percent um, over the last years. And uh, you know, whereas uh, you'll be well aware that the costs of our materials, um, much of which comes from overseas, our, the fancy laboratory machines and the, uh, uh, you know, the test kits uh, are, are very expensive. 
um, and, uh, and, and and as a result, um, our inflation on our expenditure is very high, but our inflation on our income is very very low, and um, and and so uh, it is a tight tight. We run a tight ship, and um, and uh, you'll see therefore that our, our surpluses are there. You'll remember that a, a couple of years ago, at the onset of the COVID pandemic. Uh, our expenses went uh, very high because we were purchasing equipment and reagents in order to, and extra capacity in order to cope with the uh, COVID pandemic in the national interest. We did not go back to Treasury and ask them for more money. Uh, we were able to use the reserves we'd built up from prudent financial management in order to do that. Uh, so we didn't require any external support in order to fulfill our responsibilities. But now we're getting back, as you'll see from the financials, onto a steady path again um, in line with where we were. Uh, one of the big challenges for us for this year is going to be the integration of the forensic chemistry laboratories into the NHLS. I think it's, 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 uh, it's in the public domain uh, that the forensic chemistry laboratories were seriously underperforming uh, for many years, that they have huge backlogs. And, uh, and, and, and have some financial challenges. And uh, we look forward to this opportunity because we think that forensic chemistry laboratory services play an important role um, in the uh, country's judicial system and, in our, and contribute to health. Um, and uh, we look forward to bringing the efficiencies and expertise of the NHLS to bear. So we're not gonna treat them as an orphan out on the side, uh, they are going to be integrated into the uh, NHLS. We will bring expertise from elsewhere into the NHLS to uh, give good effect to uh, the, the work in the forensic chemistry laboratories, upscale the, uh, um, the, 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 all, the, all the aspects of the systems, the staff training and development, the experts supervised, supervised oversight um, from our pathologists, which they haven't had before, um, and we will need to invest in, in, in new machinery. So there are some challenges. As you know, our, our uh, conditional grants um, are trimmed back, and that makes it ever more difficult for us to maintain uh, the excellence and quality in places like the NICD and NIOH, who are, which are both national treasures, and uh, we will continue to support them uh, fully from, uh, from our board. So I think that's just my uh, few words of introduction. Uh, to you. And uh, I'll leave it then to the uh, CEO to take you through the details. You'll notice that one of the additions we have this year is some explanatory notes along with the uh, uh, slides on the performance where, where things have, have changed uh, and the reasons for those changes. So we've tried to, to bring you into our confidence in a sense as to why we made the changes and not just present the technical data in front of you and say, well, you know, it was 95, now it's 93. Uh, why, why are we going down and not up or something like that? Uh, we, we're sharing the, the, the logic and the thinking behind this APP and not just presenting a piece of paper to you that you could have read on your own. Um, so uh, with that, um, I'd like to uh, uh, hand over then to the CEO. Um, and CEO, if you've picked up any of the other board members who are present today, uh, I, I know Prof. Tanyani Maribo is going to join us uh, I, and, and Dr. Balakile Mzangwa. Uh, Dr. Mzangwa is the chairperson of our Remuneration Human Resources Committee. Prof. Tanyani Mariba is the chairperson of the National Academic uh, Pathology Committee. 
Professor Jeffrey Mpachlele, you'll see on your slide, is there as the chairperson of the Research and Innovation Committee, uh, which does a lot of the thinking around uh, advancing the technologies and taking us into the digital uh, era. Um, but he's also the, the deputy chairperson uh, of the board. Uh, so thank you very much uh, for uh, allowing me the opportunity to introduce uh, our presentation and I'll hand over to the CEO. Uh, th thank you very much, uh, Chair, and, and thank, uh, thank you, Honourable Chair and Honourable Members of the uh, Portfolio Committee for allowing us this opportunity uh, to present. Um, the, the, um, the Chair has introduced the uh, members of the, the board uh, who are present, um, and the executive committee members who are also present is the, the acting CFO, uh, the executive manager of uh, Aqua, Professor Melisana. Uh, the apologies from uh, Ms. Makunazi, who is uh, taken ill today, but uh, we have a representative from HR. Uh, we've got the executive manager for IT, Mr. Senish Langwane. Prof. Adrian Purin is the director of the NICD, and Dr. Spo Halomono who's the director for the National Institute of Occupational Health. We also got senior managers, Ms. Violet Kabishane and Ms. Dimzi, uh, who's the senior manager for communication. Chair, uh, we're going to cover our mandate, our strategic focus. Uh, this, the acting CFO will give you the expenditure estimates, and then we'll talk to the, uh, the uh, KPIs with regards to uh, measuring our performance. What are some of the key risks? Uh, and then just very quickly touch on the changes made to the strategic plan and APP. Um, the, the, uh, our mandate, as everyone knows, uh, uh, stems from all the policies that govern the, the health sector. The most important is the constitutional mandate. Uh, and, and the NHLS, as you know, plays a critical role in contributing towards Section 27 of the, uh, the Constitution uh, with regard to that, which states that everyone has the right to health care. Um, we provide the diagnostic services as the NHLS uh, to, to the, uh, uh, the patients who, who um, uh, are within the public health system. So that's about 80% of the population. We also provide diagnostic services to a small proportion of the, uh, the, the private sector. Uh, we have the sole mandate for the training of uh, pathologists. And we also train other health uh, professionals, uh, medical technologists, medical uh, uh, technicians, as well as laboratory assistants. Uh, and and uh, we are quite renowned for the research that we, we conduct. Uh, and and uh, we've got a lot of expertise, as you're all well aware, of the, uh, in, in surveillance of communicable diseases and uh, also in supporting government's efforts in occupational health. The NHLS Act 37 of 2000, which was, uh, has been amended, um, our mandate is to provide cost-effective and efficient laboratory services. And the two other mandates is health research, as I've mentioned, and training for, for health uh, science professionals. 
you, you also aware that uh, the president has assented to the amendment bill, uh, which the portfolio committee uh, had gone through quite uh, thoroughly and approved. Uh, we we're just awaiting the finalizations of the regulations before the act is implemented. There have been regulations that have been sent through to the National Department of Health, who is responsible for the regulations. And the uh, uh, National Department is consulting with provinces with regards to that. The, the, uh, uh, the National Health Act is our governing act uh, uh, for the whole of the health sector. Uh, our other mandates also stem from the Public Finance Management Act, as you're all well aware, um, as well as the National Development Plan and the and the, uh, est, uh, the sustainable development goals. Um, I'm not going to go through the details of that, Chair. Um, we, we, our strategic plan and our APP is guided by the framework uh, from uh, the, the, the Department of Monitoring and Evaluation um, in both managing performance information as well as government-wide monitoring and, and evaluation. Chair, the, the portfolio committee at the moment is, is uh, uh, busy discussing the, the National Health Insurance Bill. Uh, this will have major implications for the whole of the health sector, including the, the, uh, the NHLS. Um, and, and we are keenly awaiting uh, uh, the, the, uh, the finalization of that bill because we believe the NHLS <clears throat> will be playing a pivotal role in the provision of diagnostic services and the successful implementation of the NHI. Um, <clears throat> with regard to the NAPISA bill that's also been assented to by the, uh, uh, the, the, the president and we're awaiting finalization of the regulations before the act uh, is implemented. Those regulations uh, uh, <clears throat> are being finalized by the Department of Health and uh, we, we're also keenly awaiting that the, the APP has done an extensive situational analysis where we've looked at external factors um, such as the role that pathology plays in health services. Uh, and I've, I've spoken about this before, um, but the diagnosis of any patient uh, is more than 90% and in some instances up to 100% depends on the uh, pathology and, and uh, laboratory test results. Um, so, and and uh, it underpins every aspect of patient care from screening to uh, diagnostic testing, as well as, as treatment advice. So without the NHLS uh, chair, uh, it will be very difficult for the, the health system uh, to survive. It, it's the, the core of the health system. And, and it, it, it uh, really, I can't overemphasize the pivotal role that it plays. Um, we've looked in detail and done a situational analysis on the, um, the burden of disease. And we play a vital role in communicable diseases, uh, including the pandemics that uh, uh, we've just experienced with regards to COVID-19, as well as the listeriosis epidemic. Um, the, the, we also play a vital role in the silent epidemic of non-communicable disease, and that's also going to be a huge uh, focus for us. Um, and and we, we play a role 
in, in order to advise government of emerging and re-emerging diseases. You would have heard about the uh, uh, some of the um, uh, increased cases with regard to typhoid. Uh, that those uh, diagnoses and surveillance comes through the NHLS. We did an extensive internal environment uh, analysis. Um, because of our wide coverage, we're able to provide uh, equitable access to laboratory services to all of the provinces. And there's no other laboratory service that has got uh, as wide a coverage as, as we. Um, we are quite dependent on the uh, uh, the health facilities in which we are housed. We, we uh, utilize the hospitals for our, our laboratories and um, we offer care according to the, the tiered service delivery model. Um, and, and we have continued to show that we've been providing clinically effective and efficient services uh, through modernizing our equipment and uh, digitizing our, our services. Uh, Chair, this just gives you an outline of the, uh, the, the coverage. And I know that the question often gets asked about uh, the Northern Cape. Uh, however, the Northern Cape, we've, we've, we've covered the whole of the Northern Cape with the facilities that they have, but it's got huge uh, geographical uh, uh, distances between the facilities. Our tiered model in certain instances where, depending on economies of scale, we just provide a depot. Uh, and then we've got district laboratories, regional laboratories, provincial tertiary, and national central laboratories. <coughs> Um, in order to, to, as part of our internal environment, the in order to provide high quality services, uh, our branch of Aqua, that's uh, academic affairs, research, and quality assurance, continues to play a role to strengthen uh, quality assurance and accreditation of our laboratories, and also uh, facilitates training, research, uh, and total quality management in all the laboratories. Uh, the NICD uh, needs no introduction, but has been playing a pivotal role with regard to surveillance uh, and, and uh, outbreak response. Um, the National Institute for Occupational Health uh, has been expanding and strengthening its support to, to workplace-based uh, health and promotes workers' health and safety. Um, the NHLS is the only uh, so a Southern African producer of uh, uh, snake bites, anti-venoms uh, for, for snake bites, spider, spiders, and scorpions. Um, we also have a diagnostic media uh, product uh, that does our cultures and uh, reagents for the NHLS labs, including some private laboratories as well as African uh, countries. Um, and, and we've got a very robust IT system that we are focusing on strengthening uh, and, and uh, have a skilled workforce uh, in order to ensure the uh, functioning of the NHLS. Uh, the chair has already spoken about uh, uh, the, the need to generate enough revenue um, in order to ensure our financial viability and sustainability. The Portfolio Committee will recall that about five years ago, uh, there, there was an issue as to whether the NHLS was a going concern that has been turned around and we've shown uh, that we have got financial sustainability and I'd like to take the opportunity to thank the provinces 
uh, for the close working relationship that we have with them uh, in order to be able to, to ensure that payments are made. Chair, we've, um, the, chair, the chair of the board has mentioned that as of the 1st of April 2022, we should put the date in there, the forensic chemistry laboratories have been integrated into the NHS. Uh, and the forensic chemistry labs are, uh, are being funded through a transfer payment from uh, National Treasury as a, as a conditional grant. Uh, so so that, that funding uh, has been an, an, uh, announced by the, the Minister of Finance in his budget speech and has come through the, the transfer payments. Uh, the the uh, main functions of the forensic uh, chemistry lab is uh, with regard to toxicology, uh, and then that's the testing of uh, uh, biological tissues and fluids for poisons and or drugs where unnatural deaths have occurred. We also do the testing of the anti-mortem and post-mortem blood for alcohol analysis, and then we do food testing uh, with regard to uh, uh, various uh, food stuff, checking for uh, in foreign products for, for dyes, etc., in terms of the foodstuff uh, acts. Um, and and uh, we, this, the forensic chemistry labs play an extremely important role in the judicial system, as the chair of the board has, has mentioned. Uh, they, are, they are separate from the forensic labs of the South African Police Service. So the forensic labs of the South African Police Service focus on the forensics with regard to the gathering of, of evidence for uh, the, 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 the South African police service uh, in order to be able to charge uh, in individuals uh, or an individual. Uh, the forensic chemistry lab provides an independent expert analysis for the uh, criminal justice system uh, when it goes to court. So I think it is important because often we get confused with the forensic services in the SAPS. Uh, so the forensic chemistry labs, for example, are not involved in uh, uh, DNA testing, uh, which has been in the news uh, uh, now quite often because of the, the backlogs. Uh, so, so we're not responsible for that. Uh, and as the chair has mentioned, the strengthening capacity of the forensic chemistry labs will be a key focus for the NHLS. Um, the, the, uh, we've done a very detailed SWOT analysis, Chair, and we're not going to go through all of those details. Uh, some of our, our, our strengths is the fact that we are in one national laboratory service, and we use a single laboratory information system. So that gives us uh, an, an edge with regard to uh, reporting, monitoring, and evaluation. And uh, we also recognized that one of our weaknesses is the IT infrastructure, and this is a key focus of the NHLS. Um, we also uh, see a major opportunity with regard to research and innovation. Uh, and, and I think there's in, in diagnostic services, that's where the best innovation has happened uh, over the years, because if, uh, uh, the, the, if you recall, uh, just uh, 30 years back, uh, where people used to uh, have to, to, to analyze stuff through uh, 
through the, the microscope or uh, manually do a number of, of the tests. Uh, and, and that has, has changed with the modernization and the innovation uh, and the automation that we see in the diagnostic services chain. We'd like to invite the portfolio committee to come and see some of our laboratories, which state-of-the-art uh, laboratories and is quite impressive. Um, Chair, the, the uh, load shedding and the energy and water challenges continue to pay, place a, a major challenge to service delivery. Um, and one of the water challenges that we experience in the Northern Cape, for example, uh, is because our, our machines use uh, a large amount of water, um, it, it does pose a challenge for the efficient functioning for our equipment. Uh, Chair, I'm just going to ask the, uh, the, the acting CF, CFO, Mr. Jonas Shai, to just quickly talk to our expenditure estimates. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, honorable members. Um, thanks, you. Chair, in terms of our medium-term estimates for 2022-2023, we do project um, test revenue to be at 10, just over 10.6 billion rands, Chair, with other uh, streams of revenue coming in at 200 million. Um, we also then have our transfers received at 772 million rand, giving us total revenue of 11.6 billion rand. In that 772 million, Chair, it is quite important to, to note that um, the FCL transfer that the chair, chair of our board and the CEO have spoken to is included in there. There's a transfer of for, for, for FCL of 138 million rand in the 2022-2023 financial year. As far as revenue assumptions are concerned, included in that 11.6 billion rand, there is a tariff increase of, of 4.23% that has been built into that. Um, the chair, chair of our board, Prof. Brook, has already spoken to, 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 to the percentages um, in terms of medical inflation. So it is quite important to look at that 4.23% in line with what medical inflation is, which is closer to about 10% or so. Um, it's also critical to look at it in line with what the CPI is at the current moment, sitting at about 5.7%. So we already, from the get-go, Chair, we do have a sort of a JAWS effect in terms of our revenue in that our expenditure will definitely outstrip in terms of percentage growth. It will outstrip our, our revenue. Um, in terms of goods and services, we do have an increase from the previous year's budget. From um, goods and revenue will increase to, to, to the 5.9 billion. Um, I'm taking all of those amounts together, the 5.7 and the 300 together. Um, this represents a 3.3% odd increase year on year. In terms of the compensation of employees, um, there is a year on year increase of about 12%. Um, but included in that is, is the normal um, filling of posts um, that the CEO has already spoken to as well. Overall, our surplus um, will be sitting at a projected 66 million rand, which is quite a big jump from the budget, the budget from the 2021-2022 financial year of 110 million rand. 
In essence, um, over the medium term, we need to the 2023-2024 and the 2024-2025 financial year, um, we will see our surplus steadily decreasing as well, in line with, with, with what the CEO had already spoken to. Thanks, Chair. Thank, thanks, Chair. And maybe just also to add on to the issue around the, the tariff increase, uh, Chair, we, we, uh, uh, since uh, the, the start of the NHLS, We've been having uh, either inflationary or below inflationary uh, tariff increases in order to pass uh, the, the, the benefits onto the, the provinces. With regard to the uh, tariff increase that we've asked for uh, this year, which has to be finalized uh, uh, and agreed to by the provinces, we, we have, uh, for all other tests besides COVID tests, we've asked for 4.23, but for the COVID tests, we, we in fact have decreased uh, the amount in order to be able to uh, uh, give back to the provinces. Uh, so, so those tariff increases have, have dropped uh, below what our current prices are. Um, and, and so the weighted increase will be uh, much lower than inflation. Uh, we've also we, we uh, raised funds from from donors with regard to um, uh, the antigen uh, uh, tests as well as the PCR tests for COVID, and we we give the benefit to the province and that we we deduct uh, from from the provincial bill the costs of those tests. And we'd like to thank some of the, those uh, uh, donors: uh, Solidarity Fund, the Global Fund, and. Uh, 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 some of our suppliers for uh, giving us those donations. Um, so, Chair, Program 1 is laboratory services. This is the, the core of our uh, programs, uh, and, and it's, uh, the, 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 um, it's all, all the, the laboratories fall within this program. Uh, the KPIs that we use in this program um, is, is around the turnaround times, because the turnaround times indicates uh, the, the, both the efficiency uh, as well as the, the, the quality services and how effectively we are running the services. Um, and we focus then on the key and priority uh, tests. The turnaround times is from the time the specimen comes to the laboratory to the time results are, are, are authorized. So, so Chair, we've got KPIs then with regard to uh, the TV gene experts. Um, the CD4 uh, tests, as well as the HIV viral load tests. And we've got uh, turnaround times of uh, 94%, 95%, and, and 84%. Um, the the uh, uh, 2020-2021 audited performance is higher than the 22-23 targets. Um, because the test volumes were lower in 2020-2021 because of COVID. Uh, we're expecting that those tests will normalize the next financial year, and we've set the targets to be uh, uh, more, more realistic. Uh, we're also looking at the HIV-PCR tests, uh, cervical smear screening, as well as uh, full blood count. And we've uh, given the targets, uh, as you can see, of 81, 91, and, and, and 94. Chair, we have also uh, looked at the turnaround time for the urea and electrolytes. 
Um, and, and again, we have given the, the targets of 94%. Uh, we've included this time the uh, a target of SARS-CoV-2 PCR tests uh, performed within 48 hours. Uh, and, and whilst this uh, uh, is, is quite low, chair, uh, our performance is much, much higher than that. Uh, but because because it was a new target, uh, we, we kept it at uh, at the eighty five uh, point of care um, is is, uh, is is going to um, uh, be in, uh, be one of the key features for the NHLS, uh, and we are going to be implementing a pilot to assess the feasibility and the cost benefits, uh, and we've got that as a target. And then we'll be looking at implementation of, of point of care uh, as we uh, over the next few years. Uh, with a digital pathology, uh, we are preparing for the implementation of digital pathology. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's quite an intricate uh, process. We've been meeting with uh, uh, a number of, of international uh, role players with regard to this. Um, and we've got our expert committee and uh, a number of other experts working on this uh, in order to prepare for the implementation of the pilot. Chair Program 2 uh, looks at academic affairs, research, and, uh, and, and, and uh, uh, quality. Uh, we continue to uh, improve on our quality assurance, and we have also got proficiency testing schemes for all uh, NHLS labs, um, the, the so, so proficiency testing basically assesses the quality of routine measurement. So we do this on a continuous basis. It's extremely important for us to know that the test results that we are giving uh, are accurate. Uh, so we've got the percentage compliance by laboratories on the annual quality compliance audits at uh, 93%. Um, the proficiency testing scheme performance standards at 92%. Um, in the previous year, we overachieved because a lot of the assessments uh, were done virtually and, and the virtual assessments is not as intense as on-site uh, assessments. So we adjusted the performance targets to be more realistic. This gives you the number of labs that uh, will be uh, service accredited according to the tiers of the labs. Uh, we will get all of our national tertiary labs uh, accredited and we'll maintain it the, uh, thereafter. Um, and we've increased the number of uh, uh, provincial uh, tertiary labs, regional tertiary labs. Uh, and, and we... Um, the, 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 whilst the number we've increased it to 40 in district labs, we are hoping to achieve more than that. Uh, we've already accredited more than 30 uh, district labs, and that's why we've we, so we'll be maintaining it and increasing the numbers. Uh, and then, the, with regard to the pathologist national coverage plan, uh, we we have got a plan with regard to that. Uh, and and uh, we've increased the, the coverage uh, with regard to the implementation of the plan. Um, we've also, um, the, the, whilst the number for the publications has dropped, 
the, the, uh, it is still higher than previous years. We've been publishing a number of articles uh, yeah. on COVID uh, that uh, the portfolio committee members would have seen. And so uh, that's why our previous year target was a lot higher. Uh, we've made it a bit more realistic, but we think that uh, we, we, you know, we will be able to achieve that and, and maybe uh, uh, overachieve on that. Uh, and the number of registrars that we admitted train, uh, registrar training itself is, is the, uh, uh, the mandate of the universities. Uh, we place them within our institutions and, uh, and do the training through our joint staff. We've increased that to, to 40. Um, and the number of intern medical scientists is, uh, is 50. Uh, so these are the intern medical scientists. Uh, and it's only the NHLS that has got posts accredited with regard to this. Um, I'm not going to go through all of the details through the uh, uh, program three, which is the surveillance of communicable diseases. That's the NICD. Um, the, the NICD has got a number of WHO collaborating partners, and we also assist all, the, all of the provinces. We have epidemiologists that are deployed to each of the provincial health departments to help with outbreak investigations, and they've been playing a key role in supporting the provinces. Um, the NICD KPIs is the, the uh, number percentage of identified prioritized diseases under surveillance. Uh, we cover about 90% of that, um, and um, percentage of outbreaks of category one notifiable medical conditions. 100% uh, get responded to within 24 hours. Uh, we, the, the NHLS and the NICD, and the, the first ones uh, uh, in, 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 uh, in order to alert with regard to COVID-19, uh, you also know that the work that we've done with regard to sequencing as well, um, and, and, and uh, we're also responsible for picking up uh, listeriosis. So that surveillance is extremely important. 100% of our NICD laboratories, uh, that's our target for the SANAS accreditation. Um, and uh, we've uh, included now the, the uh, National HIV Surveillance Reporting um, to, to uh, include this, this KPI to strengthen the monitoring of programs and National TB Surveillance Reporting. Uh, as another KPI. Uh, we've kept the NICD publications as separate from the other publications. There's another 160 that we add to that. And we're going to be increasing the number of epidemiologists uh, to eight from the seven that we've been training. The NIOH, as I've said, is responsible for workers' health and safety. And um, the, the uh, institute uh, is responsible for occupational medicine, hygiene, advisory services, and conducting research. Uh, the the um, KPI for the, the research is incorporated of the, uh, the NHLS research, uh, but the, the NIOH is, is, is very much involved in research. The KPIs uh, around the, num the percentage of the occupational health and environmental health uh, um, laboratory tests that are conducted within the, uh, the 
Have we lost you, Dr. Chestik? Professor Book? Can anyone hear me? Sure, I can yes, hear you. Thank you. So uh, we then must have lost uh, Dr. Chetty. Is there anyone from the NHLS that can verify for us? Um, this is uh, this is Jeffrey. Um, I think we just have to wait, <laughs> um, uh, Honorable Chair. Uh, I'm sure she will rejoin. Yes, I do know that she's off the platform. We'll give her a few minutes, honorable members. So then we have to reconnect. Yes, so thank you. Please continue. Thanks, Chair. Uh, what did you say? Uh, so, so, Chess, uh, sorry, the, uh, I'm just trying to get the. Can you see the screen? Check. We are seeing your emails, uh, CEO. Uh, 
Sorry, I'm just going to go to the uh, part where So, so, Chair, we, we, uh, so, so we, we've provided a KPI for the turnaround time for the uh, test conducted with the uh, uh, NIOH. Um, then we looked at the number of occupational and environmental health and safety assessments that the NIOH will do. We kept a target of, of, of 15 because it is quite uh, extensive assessments that, uh, uh, that we do with regard to that. Uh, we've got a target of the occupational health surveillance reports that are produced and that has been kept at four. Um, and we've kept the NIOH laboratories that are SNS accredited, uh, accredited at 100. So Chiri, then the forensic chemistry laboratories. Um, as from the first, the, the uh, laboratories have come through to us and have gone through the details of what they do. Um, Chair, the, the, these KPIs in, in the, uh, uh, that we've uh, put into the uh, forensic chemistry laboratories, we, we've had a discussion with the, uh, uh, the, the, the managers within the, uh, the FCLs because the, the targets um, are, are not are, are low. And, and we, we haven't uh, uh, had enough of an opportunity of being able to, inter to, to uh, interrogate all of these targets because we think that we can do a lot better than this. Uh, but we've kept the targets low because when we looked at what had previously been given, it was also quite low. Uh, but this is something that, that uh, we'll make an assessment on and dramatically uh, improve on this. So the targets is around the uh, turnaround time for the, uh, uh, the, the blood alcohol tests that have been done. Um, and, and, and that is critical because it, it uh, causes a big backlog in the judicial system. And, and we think that that target needs to be improved on. Uh, the reduction in number of backlog cases, uh, Chair, I, I need to explain that um, with regard to food chemistry and, and with regard to, to alcohol, those backlogs, uh, we will be very quickly uh, eliminating that. Uh, toxicology is a major problem, and we are, are working on a, uh, uh, on a strategy in order to look at the reduction of the, the number of toxicology cases. Uh, there, there's, uh, we're doing an analysis because there's a number of uh, uh, sort of, uh, it goes back a long time with sometimes uh, uh, no case numbers, so we're doing a whole analysis around that. 
Uh, we, we also think that the, the backlog and the uh, percentage of perishable foods and non-perishable foods will also be uh, improved uh, as well. So, Chair, the, 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 you know, we, we, we do appeal to the portfolio committee uh, that that's, we just got it on the 1st of April, so it's just a, a few weeks, and uh, but that's something that with the efficiencies that we've learned in the NHLS, we're hoping to turn around the forensic chemistry labs. Then program six is around administration, um, and, and um, uh, previously the costs within the administration was high because we, uh, we, we, we did uh, have a lot of the COVID-19 expenditure uh, done centrally. Uh, and the, this program looks at financial management, ICT and human resources. Um, so again, we've looked at the, uh, uh, the ratio of our current assets to liabilities, kept at two to one. Uh, our cash flow coverage, uh, that's our operation cash inflows to total debt at two to one. Uh, creditors days is, is 30 days, though uh, we, we uh, you know, do aim to go below that. And we've uh, reducing our, our debtors days, we've reduced it to, to 100 days. Um, the turnaround time for um, uh, the, the awarding of tenders, we've split this key performance indicators to the amount that's uh, uh, delegated to the CEO, which is below just 10 million and below, and the turnaround time for those above 10 million uh, as uh, uh, we, we, those, are, those tenders go through to the board. Um, so we've given those and we've made these uh, much more realistic. Uh, the audit opinion, we'll continue uh, with an unqualified audit opinion um, and uh, the target for uh, our um, hotline, uh, the tip-off platform, the number of cases that we investigate, they are complete within 180 days. Uh, with regard to uh, information and community technology, uh, we, we've uh, put in a new target around uh, our uh, multi-protocol layering system. That's the, uh, uh, the, 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 the bandwidth that uh, we, we have uh, for our network. We've put that in as a new target. We've put in a new target of the central data warehouse reports that we send through uh, to, to the provinces. Uh, we thought that this is an uh, something that's easier to measure. We, we replaced it with the target that we had on the health patient record system because that target depends entirely on the National Department of Health. So as soon as they put in the HPRS into a clinic, we automatically get that interface with our system. Uh, so so we, we've taken that uh, out as a, as a target. Um, we, we've taken out also the target of the real-time communication system uh, because uh, we've already instituted that with regard to uh, our patients. So, for example, the COVID results get SMS to you immediately. Uh, we've put in a target around stock management uh, and, and analytics. Uh, that's also a new target. And we've put in... Um, 
uh, we kept the target of 99% uptime for critical systems. Uh, with regards to HR, we've kept the targets of uh, stopped. We've lost you again, Dr. Chetty. Just uh, looking on the participants list. Um, Dr. Jacobs, it may be that. Uh, the power has just come on at the NHS again. Because remember, it's the remote chat, and uh, so they may be switching from the generator back to uh, the grid. And they may, I'm sure they'll join in a second. Good. We'll give it another few minutes um, again. Should, should we back? <laughs> Sorry, Chick, can you hear us? Here we can. Thank you. Please continue. Thanks. So, 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 so with HR, we've got KPIs on the uh, staff turnover ratio. I've been, I said that we've got a very slow staff turnover ratio with some, with a lot of staff staying here for 30 to 40 years, uh, which is an indication that NHLS is an employer of choice. Uh, we've, we've uh, got KPIs on staff recruit, uh, recruitment. Um, then the number of intern medical technologists that uh, are, are admitted and trained in the NHLS, uh, the percentage of employees trained as part of the workplace skills plans, and uh, the percentage of employees with uh, evaluated performance agreement. Chair, the key risks as outlined in the APP, and we've got a whole risk mitigation strategy in order to address this. The skills shortage, not so much because of the production of, of, of staff, but because of the migration of staff. And it's in certain areas, not in all the areas. So it's mainly in, in, in certain disciplines in pathology. The, the, the risk around the rising cost of uh, employee uh, compensation, which is not just a risk for the NHLS, but it's a risk for the public sector overall. Uh, and so that's the sort of standard risk that we put in. And then we've got challenges with supply chain management has improved, uh, but it's, we've put it down as a risk in order to get continuous improvement here. Uh, the ICT infrastructure has been identified as a as a, a, a medium risk, and we've put in a whole lot of risk mitigation strategies that I can uh, talk to if the portfolio committee uh, wants me to. Um, and then the risk that we've also identified is the because of the uh, the deep recession that the country's going into. Uh, the budget allocations to the provinces have been low, and so as a result. Uh, one of the risks may be that the provinces may cut back on the, um, the number of tests that it does or may struggle to uh, uh, to pay the, the NHLS. And so this 
uh, risk of the budget by the uh, from the provinces is, is a risk that we need to to look at mitigating. And then, uh, Chair, the uh, uh, this is just the changes that we made to the uh, strategic plan. Uh, we, we've removed certain of these uh, 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 KPIs because we've got the service delivery model that has been developed, our specimen tracking system, we've got an, an e-labs uh, that's been implemented for national priority programs. And so uh, we've removed that. We have developed a revenue and costing strategy uh, and, and uh, we'll monitor that at the operational level. Um, the, the, um, the, the, the TB microscopy, microscopy, microscopy test uh, has been removed because we don't do as much of this now. Um, and and uh, so we've removed that as a uh, KPI. So Chet, uh, just a, a big thank you to the Portfolio Committee for the continuous guidance that you provide to the, the NHLS. Uh, thanks very much, Chair. Thank you very much, CEO and, uh, and the Chair. I'm sure it's low shedding that got your tongue there a little bit, CEO. Microscope, microscopy must be an easy <laughs> word. <laughs> I, I say it every day, Chair, but, but when you have to say it in public, it becomes a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for, uh, for this wonderful presentation. Uh, we're looking forward to the engagement by the honourable members with your presentation. We are also mindful, some of them, and I'm talking about our members, have uh, lost their connectivity due to load shedding. I think here yeah, I'm talking about honourable members Lengua, Chirua, Munyai. Uh, so I'm not certain how my list and uh, will be influenced and also uh, honourable Imam Sheikh had uh, indicated he has to attend another meeting at some stage uh, today during this uh, during this uh, presentation and answer and question session. So I'm going to start if Honorable Munya is not here. I'm going to name him first because he indicated first, but if he's not present, we'll move along if um, Honorable Members would have lost their uh, connections. Thank you, Chair. I'm back. Right, let me just go through the list. Thank you, Honorable Munyai. So it's Munyai, Ismail, Clark, Gela, Chirua, Wilson. Have I missed out on anyone? And then Harvard. Harvard. So it's Munyai, Ismail, Clark, Gela, Chirua, Wilson, and Harvard. Thank you very much in that order, Honorable Members. Uh, thank you very much, Honourable Chairperson and Honourable Members, as well as the, uh, we welcome the presentation by uh, uh, the entities, uh, NHLS. I don't think it was advisable to remove the KPI that have to do with data analytics because uh, going forward that should have been really shouldn't have been removed because it was going to help us uh, to get real-time data with integrated new technologies that can give us the lead, especially when we are testing virus virus not antibodies so uh, 
that that is my view for for the organization to reconsider the second issue chairperson this has been my concern over time south africa have the two blood bank registry one uh, and yet in other country is one country one blood bank by the way blood bank is always always in short so here we have another blood, blood bank registered in the province of Cape Town, another one for a country, which is which? Because it is my, remains my view that as a country, we need to have one blood bank because otherwise we may be deemed like to be segregative in the country. Uh, but my other question, Honorable Chair, uh, I won't take your time. Uh, what are the critical drivers or uh, you know impediments on drastically improving the triple BE uh, uh, compliance as per uh, uh, below number four. What capacity and capabilities should be developed to realize that uh, uh, to realize what is the role of the NHLS in the report? Uh, uh, in the in this report, especially in the context of this regard that I've just asked now, does the entity have the capability or capacity to increase the number of items above 250 in the outer years? And what will be uh, required to realize to increase the training uh, and skill development impact? Lastly, what is the entity's plan to respond to major key risk of skill shortage and also inadequacy in ICT infrastructure sectors? And I think I raised this issue of data analytics because I think other advanced entities in the world, they have such a cap capabilities of data analytics. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Chair, and good morning to everyone. Um, thank you for the presentation. Apologies, I won't put my video on because network challenges on this side as well. I just have a few clarity-seeking questions. My first question. Now, given the impressive role played by the staff during the height of COVID-19, will NHLS retain all your staff? If not, please explain why. My second question. What is the percentage of the staff that was lost to COVID-19 given their first-hand experience with specimens. My third question, does NHLS have foreign nationals? If yes, how many? And what critical skills do they bring to the fore? My next question, please explain how will NHLS absorb the real decrease for programs one, two, and three? I must say I'm also uh, a bit skeptical about, you know, no analysis for, you know, for data or for data analysis is, is uh, you know previously said by uh, Honorable Munyai. Also, can NHLS please update the committee on various efforts to overcome all cancers in the country? Now, my last uh, question uh, is a bit worrisome that you know when you're looking at uh, weaknesses and threats in the NHLS, um, it's a bit worrisome. You know, to I just want to find out from NHLS, will you be able to actually? provide effective service delivery to the country, considering, you know, your threats and analysis and what you've pointed out. Thank you, Chair.
Thank you, Chair. Um, I've been covered by my colleague in some retrospect. Um, number one, one of the key risks identified within the APPs is the skill shortages. What specific professions do you foresee the NHLS will be short of? And in what ways will this impact the performance of the entity? Another risk with regards to the budget allocation to provinces, what percentage increase of the budget, in your view, would be sufficient in order to operate efficiently? In, in what ways can a short, can shortage of funds negatively impact quality of services? Do you foresee a risk in operations under the NHI considering such tight budget allocations? Then um, just a comment. I mean, the proposed amendments for the um, the Health Act is still out for public comment. And um, we have requested also a roundtable discussion in terms um, of these proposed amendments once again as the committee. Then um, secondly, will NHLS have the capacity and the but Sorry, I've already asked that question. I apologize. Would you say in the current environment and stats that COVID poses, that COVID is still a threat to South Africa? And would you confirm if we would still have to have restrictive measures in terms of COVID? And then what measures would you put in place in terms of the current environment? And would you not agree that government need to ramp up the vaccination drive to reduce the threat of COVID? And would you say that there are any other threats in terms of any notifiable medical diseases that threaten South Africa? Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I think it's me who's next. Um, thank you, uh, CEO, for the presentation and Chairperson of the board for the opening remarks. In his opening remarks, the professor indicated the budget uh, pressures uh, the entity is experiencing and uh, that will be uh, exacerbated by the incorporation of the forensic uh, chemistry laboratory uh, function that has come from the national department. Uh, the professor further indicated that uh, the budget uh, constraints have an impact in how they shot uh, targets for themselves. Uh, CEO and Prof, uh, this uh, concession uh, you are making surely has dear implications uh, to the core function of the entity. Uh, what then is your plan in really terms uh, to ensure uh, that the work of the NHLS is not uh, badly uh, affected. Um, my second question, uh, Chairperson, um, when, uh, when will the NHLS uh, regulations on the implementation of the NHLS amendments bill be finalized for them to be in effect. Uh, 
third question, when will the NHLS uh, regulation on the implementation of the National Public Health Institute uh, of the of South Africa bill be finalized uh, for them to be in effect? My last question, uh, how will the NHLS manage the threats of energy and water to not uh, negatively impact uh, the entity's service uh, delivery mandate? Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Good morning, uh, honorable members and and the NHLS. I also have a few questions here. Uh, firstly, I'm re-raising the issue of Mposilika that I think I raised with you, um, if not two years ago, then last year. Um, now, for context, Mposilika is a black woman, was a black woman, um, a senior scientist in the NHLS. Uh, and there were grievances of her being abused and her experiencing racism. I raised in the portfolio committee. Um, and to give gravitas to these issues, those issues were then resolved that I had initially raised in the portfolio committee. Even though the NHLS had said, you know, they would look into it and whatever, you never got back to me on that particular issue. Um, but I'm happy that it got resolved. But now over and above that, Mpo then uh, applied for a post in the NICD and was shortlisted last year in September. She was shortlisted. And then a day before her interview, obviously shortlisted because she has capacity, she has the qualifications. Um, and uh, in line with your aspirations of transformation, Black women should be uh, centered in these kinds of processes. And night, the night before the interview, you guys sent an email that the interviews revoked, that it was sent by mistake. Can you please let us know what kind of mistake that is? Who made the mistake? Why was that mistake made? Uh, how and who shortlisted her? Who ordered that the interview be revoked and that she no longer be shortlisted? I want to be appraised with names so I can understand if there's people who are abusing their power in the NHLS, which is the issue that I'd raised initially concerning the Mposilika issue, that there are people who are traumatizing uh, Black people, especially Black women in the, in the NHLS, who are uh, senior scientists, who then have to report to people with less qualifications than them, which was Mpo Selika's issue. And when she raised this particular issue, then the, 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 the bullying against her started in the NHLS. I raised this in the portfolio committee, uh, and then you said you didn't know and that you'll find out. But then you resolved the issue because there was an issue of her being suspended and all those things, right? Now she applies a new applicant, qualifies for the position, gets shortlisted, and then the night before the interview gets told that the interview is revoked. Please let us know what happened in that situation and why is such a situation happening, particularly to Mposilika, who has a history of you guys bullying her, to which you were able to resolve after the issue was raised in the portfolio committee. Secondly, um, I last year we asked you on, on, on what you're going to do to tighten uh, the flagging and corruption, the flagging of corruption uh, systemically in the NHLS following that issue of one of your employees uh, who was defrauding the NHLS for 13 years. And you said you, you were obviously still in, interrogating and checking how you can strengthen um, the system. Can you tell us what the update is a year later um, on how you were able to strengthen the flagging system for corruption in particular? 
because I think it should always remain a cloud over the NHLS that there was someone who was defrauding the NHLS under your watchful eyes, Nina, as the leadership for 13 years and you knew nothing about it. How are you going to prevent it from happening again? Because it has happened even under your leadership it was able to happen and be sustained. So what is the new thing that you are now introducing systemically to avoid that from happening again? And then thirdly, um, I want to find out about insourcing. We have re we had recommended insourcing to, if not all the entities in the Department of Health, uh, but we're not getting any forthcoming, you know, political will on your side to address the issue of insourcing your security and your cleaners so that they have the same working conditions as your other employees. Your cleaners and your security guards don't have medical aid, don't have proper, proper working rights. And over and above that, insourcing is a financial benefit for the entity itself. Can we please be appraised on what the situation is on insourcing if you have done it? And if you have not done it, um, please tell us why, why you have not done it. If you're in the process of doing it, just tell us how far along you are, um, because that would be great news, actually. Uh, and in the previous year, you also cited that COVID was the reason behind the decrease in your targets. However, your targets are continuously decreasing even in this year. Can I find out what's the reason now for this year? Because last year uh, in 2020, it was COVID. What's the reason in 2022 why your targets um, are lower than what they used to be before COVID? And uh, this, is a this is another question. Um, the laboratories, um, oh no, sorry. Can you please explain the genesis and the process of, of, of transferring forensic chemistry uh, laboratories, FCL, from the SAPS to the NHLS, uh, and also explain the non-allocation of resources to FCL for 2022 and 2023 fiscal year. Um, please also explain the legacy court directives to FCL that NHLS would have to then carry, if there's any, and also include or indicate the plan to repurpose the, the FCL. Thank you very much, Jefferson. Thank you, Chairperson. I am on the road, so I hope I'm staying audible. Um, I will go through patches where there's no um, signal. In fact, I'm just going to pull over. Quickly, Chairperson, I actually just have a, a couple of statements and a plea that I would like to make today. The first one being the first statement is that I have been one of the longest serving members um, on this committee. Um, and I, I must give the board, the CEO and the team at NHL um, some congratulations. They took over an absolute shambles. They took over an absolute mess. Um, and the, and the, it, was, it was just absolutely chaos. Um, in the last five years, they have made some serious advances, um, both in ensuring better management and financial stability. Um, and we have seen some really great improvements in the NHLS, and I think on those grounds, the team must be congratulated. But I have a plea, Chair, um, and, and through you, Chair, I'm going to ask this on this platform today. The forensic laboratories that the NHLS have taken over are beyond shambolic, beyond shambolic. We have got forensic laboratories working in condemned buildings uh, where there is sewage pouring out of, um, uh, in and around buildings. 
Um, we've got equipment that have been purchased um, from overseas that either do not work or do not have people qualified to to operate them or are not appropriate for our um, facilities. We've got people trying to write those kind of machineries off. Um, we have very, very unhappy staff. We've had training courses that have taken place that were funded um, where, where, NH, where the forensic laboratory staff have been sent on courses that they've done two or three times where they were housed in a hotel for a year. That was part of the conditions of which they had to do this courses that they had to be housed in a hotel for lectures twice a week that took place at that hotel, despite the fact that the majority of them lived in Pretoria. And, and the, the, I, the, the, the complaints that we're receiving from those um, laboratories are as long as my armchair. And it is my plea today, please, that we very soon have the NHLS come back to us and present to us the state of the laboratories that they have taken over. We know that they are shambolic. We know that they are in condemned buildings. We know that there is machinery there that they cannot use. We know that there is stuff there that doesn't have anybody qualified um, to work them. We know that there are machine, you know, critical machines that have broken down that can only be repaired when somebody from an overseas country flies back um, to, to, to fix them. So with all of that in mind, I'm asking please through you, Chairperson, that a big investigation gets done into the conditions of the forensic laboratories that the NHLS have taken over, what their status is, what the staff status is, what the morale is like, what they have got, what they haven't gotten, what they're short of, um, including their working conditions. Um, while the NHLS has done wonderful work over the the last five years and improving their situation, the forensic labs um, are going to go a long way to damage all the good work they've done. And particularly considering the budget constraints that there are at present. So I, I plead, Chair, that um, this gets done. Um, I think we, we, we can't help address the situation if we don't know what that true situation is. Um, and then just and finally, because load shedding has affected us and our meeting today, Chairperson, can we just confirm, please, um, that all the labs, the necessary laboratories, have generational equipment so that when there is load shedding, that generators are available to all sides to kick in. Obviously, when you are working with critical data, critical machinery um, to get critical results, whether they be forensic or otherwise, it is important um, that the work can be continued um, uninterrupted. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Also, thank you, the team, for the presentation. Just have quite one, two questions from my side. What risks exist in supply chain management? And how has the entity responded to the challenges? Second one, in relation to the financial sustainability of NHLS, what other revenue streams can the NHLS develop to increase its revenue and what's the progress of the revenue 
and the costing strategy. Thank you. Thank you, honorable members. Honorable uh, Sheikh Imam. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Chairperson. It's difficult to try and concentrate in two and three different places at the same time. But I'll, uh, I've just got a few questions. Uh, you've alluded to the fact that you might have a problem in terms of human resource and skills because of migration of staff. What, are, what measures are you putting in place to retain them? given the fact that uh, particularly the private sector is very lucrative for those with skills. More importantly, many of these skilled people are also leaving the country currently. What measures are you going to put in place to try and retain them or to encourage them or entice them for them to actually stay here? I think my colleagues may have touched on the other one. Uh, with NHI going to be introduced shortly, the added pressure that you may have, how is this going to impact on you with your limited resources? Uh, financially, of course, also in terms of skills, uh, 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 how are you going to actually deal with that? Uh, yeah, let me just leave it for there now, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, honorable members. Is there anyone I had left out? Maflengwa, have you been able to connect? If not, uh, CEO, I have a couple of things I would like to raise. One is that uh, noting your uh, slight decrease in performance targets, that which you have said, the minimal increase in allocation to yourself is the NHLS, an increased compensation uh, of employees, and your below inflationary increases in income. Uh, how do you put all of those together when you then therefore have a decreased uh, targeted uh, performance um, or rather decreased performance targets as you um, envisage within your APP? And my second question is around the uh, the uh, training of medical specialists. Uh, <clears throat> surely there is a relationship between yourselves and the training, uh, the training which you do, and the training at private hospitals and public hospitals. And if you can maybe explain what that relationship is, and why you think that there would be or not think that I think you're putting it like that, that there will be a decreased a decrease in the number of uh, medical specialists to be trained within the fields which you have mentioned and which would which are under your jurisdiction. What would be the cause of that? Um, um, you know, and yeah, I mean things like post freezing, uh, uh, you know, a decreased budget. Uh, some have mentioned the private hospitals, etc. But I had mentioned all three of those spheres. And it would be good for us to get an understanding of that. Of course, as we go towards um, implementing the national health insurance, but only not only just that, but also to ensure that we have better health outcomes for all the people of South Africa 
we surely need of those uh, virologists, epidemiologists, uh, uh, medical biochemists, clinical pathologists, etc., uh, which resort under the NHLS if you uh, would be able to assist us. And then it's been mentioned uh, your implementation of digital uh, pathology. Uh, you're saying that uh, it is. Uh, difficult to operationalize over a shorter period of time, but if you're looking at the rollout of 10% of identified laboratories uh, based on the pilot for the 2024-2025 financial year. And the question there is, would you have looked at any other practices uh, which possibly exist globally that the ministers do uh, in the application of this? And there has been a question asked on the Forensic Chemistry Laboratory Services, uh, but mine is slightly different. Um, that that program of yours, specifically Program 5, the peak performance targets, which are relatively low, as per the standard in the output indicator. What are the factors leading to lower performance on output indicators on the percentage of blood alcohol tests completed within the normative period? of 90 days uh, and that being 60 percent also on the reduction on the backlog cases uh, being uh, 20 percent and testing of perishable goods within the period at 50 percent and uh, lastly what intervention have you put in place to improve performance of program five again as projected in the uh, other years of the medium-term period. Those are the questions raised by the honourable members, including myself. Are there any other members whom I have left out? And if not, we're going to try and finish before 12 o'clock, uh, but as speedily as you possibly can because of the challenges with load shedding. Thank you very much. You're very welcome to reply. CEO, the chair of the... Uh, of the NHLS and all of the Thank other, the Thank Thanks very you. much, Dr. Jacobs. Um, so there, as always, there are a lot of very insightful questions and, and challenging questions for us to answer. I just want to recognize uh, a further member of the board who is uh, on the call today, uh, Dr. Alikilem Zangwa. I missed him earlier because he's got his anglicized name of Edward uh, on his uh, profile. Um, so, uh, he is the chairperson of our Remuneration and Human Resources Committee. I will answer some of the broad governance strategy type questions and, uh, and then invite some of the other board members if you want to add uh, to any of those. And then we'll hand over to um, uh, Dr. Checky and uh, the executive team. There were some questions about COVID from Professor Purin as well. Um, and uh, I hope we can get through in the in the short time uh, available. So if you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to take uh, some of the strategy governance board oversight questions uh, more or less as they arose. Um, so if I understand the first question uh, on the blood bank, clarify that the blood bank, in other words, where you get blood if you need a blood transfusion is not part of the National Health Laboratory Service. It's a private, not-for-profit uh, organization over which we have uh, no, no control. Um, in terms of, uh, you asked a lot about 
about our risks. And, and we've been quite open about these challenges uh, to you because we see you as our allies in dealing with these risks. And uh, I do think we are making significant progress. Um, so, uh, for example, in, in uh, ICT, uh, we had some serious challenges. Some of the corruption of, uh, of five years ago were linked to ICT and, and uh, created problems. But there are a whole series of upgrades in terms of IT security, in terms of improved bandwidth. Um, and uh, uh, we are a very digital uh, organization. We have a huge database. And uh, there, there are a number of, of improvements and developments uh, in, in that that regard. With regard to staff lost from COVID, I think it's important that the CL talk more to that. We investigated that carefully. And from what we can establish, uh, and we have, remember, the scientists who can do this, uh, we are not losing staff to COVID because of their work in the laboratories. Uh, staff who, who, who got COVID would tend to have got that COVID in their communities and outside of the NHLS, because inside the NHLS, we had strict um, control measures that the, the, that, that the CO implemented with a team and the board had oversight on. And we made sure that all the personal protective equipment required was available. Um, and uh, remember that people are, are not working. Uh, COVID is, is airborne. It comes from someone's mouth into someone's uh, respiratory system that's breathed in. And uh, remember, we're working with laboratory samples. So the kind of nature of the transmission is not what would happen uh, inside a laboratory by testing. Um, in terms of cancer, the CEO will talk more about it, but we're very proud of our work on the cancer registry and how we're improving our uh, anatomical pathology services uh, to support cancer efforts. But we ourselves don't run the actual services for patients, but we do believe that Cancer Registry, which we haven't really spoken much about to your committee, is, is something we are very, very proud of. Um, in terms of, uh, you've spoken about the skills shortage quite a few times, um, and uh, I think this is the reality. I think that, uh, um, you know, a number of, of members, honorable members, mentioned the challenges of, of poaching from overseas and headhunting, headhunting by the private sector. Um, but uh, we are working on, we've worked on and continue to work on strategies to retain uh, our, in particular, our specialist pathologists. Uh, they are in high demand. Uh, we do have enough scientists and technologists and technicians coming through the system and we're able to retain uh, well. Um, but uh, we're, we're, with regard to pathologists, uh, you're right, they get offered much higher uh, packages uh, by the private sector. And, uh, and opportunities, um, but uh, we're, we're looking carefully at that. We do apply a form of the occupational specific dispensation, and Dr. Mzangwa's uh, Human Resources Committee uh, is looking into further strategies uh, in, in, in that regard. Um, but uh, the other important thing is that uh, you'll remember previously uh, the pass rate was not very good of our pathologists in the exams of. Colleges of Medicine of South Africa, the specialist exams, and the pass rate, of, we've put in a number of efforts over the last few years, and the pass rates have almost doubled. And uh, that means that our pipeline is, is so much better, and the quicker people move through the pipeline and don't have to stay on for extra years to pass, the more new 
entrance we can get into, into college. Uh, so we are working to, to address that. In terms of the NHI, I won't go into all the details. We have already presented our position to you as the portfolio committee. Um, but uh, the important thing for us is, is the financial model in the NHI. Uh, if the NHI, uh, for example, uh, will, will, will come to have a similar model where we get paid for the services that we provide, um, then in fact, as we move to greater equity in the country and our poor people and people in rural areas get more access to services under a more equitable health system, uh, so the demand will, for our services will go up, we will get more uh, requests and we'll continue to improve our economies of, of scale. Uh, you also asked us in a number of different ways about how we're going to cope with the, 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 the budget squeezes. Well, I think the answer is that, um, uh, you know, we've, we, over the last five years, I think you've seen us report back repeatedly to the committee on uh, our improved efficiency, our improved performance, our improved value for money. And we, we as a board see very much, we are entrusted with public money that must be applied to the public good in the most efficient and cost-effective way and equitable way, way possible. And uh, we have been getting more from the same uh, funding. And, um, and, and, and I think that we will continue to work hard to do that. The NHLS does not uh, um, operate in isolation of the general fiscal and budget uh, constraints of the country and uh, the other factors, the other including the impact of COVID on the economy. Um, but um, uh, what, what we will do is uh, we will continue uh, to, to ensure as a board that we deliver uh, value for the public uh, money entrusted in, in, uh, in us. And we are continuing to look at different ways of doing it. Sometimes you can uh, invest in equipment uh, that may be costly up, but actually reduces your total cost per test dramatically over time by improving economies of scale. We're looking at things like staff distribution. Instead of employing more staff where laboratories are overstressed and overworked, we have some where the, the, the workload is lower. Can we shift staff from one lab to another lab instead of employing uh, more staff? We're looking at upskilling and a variety of, of strategies uh, to work at that. One of the challenges, of course, is that the conditional grants uh, to all in, uh, around the country have been trimmed by Treasury as part of its measures to save funds, um, and, uh, um, you know, the NICD, the NIOH have existing costs, and a lot of those are into staff, and we don't want to lose that capacity, and we don't want to see uh, the NICD and the NIOH under pressure and trimming back uh, as we move towards NAPISA. So we will continue to deploy resources from within the NHLS and, 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 and finance to bridge that gap so that we hand over a very healthy and uh, well-functioning uh, NIOH and NICD uh, to, to NAPISA. We were asked about NAPISA and, and the NHLS regulations just to remind the committee that that is outside the ambit of the NHLS. It's, it's the job of the National Department of Health uh, to issue regulations and implement the law. It's our job to, 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 uh, to, to act on uh, laws and regulations promulgated. So that question is not really uh, for us. 
Um, just to say again that on insourcing, uh, we have already insourced uh, our security and our cleaners. They are all insourced uh, in an agreement with the unions of a few years ago uh, that is being implemented to bring all the staff to parity with, with our staff. Um, it, it, you mentioned it's financial benefit. Well, the answer is that we are paying them substantially more than they were paid by the, the uh, organization uh, that uh, we contracted externally, our outsourcing. Uh, so we outsourced cheaper than we are paying the staff. And then the staff even got less of what was paid because the owners of those companies uh, kept quite a pot of the money. So, so it does cost us a bit more, but there's a moral imperative and an operational imperative uh, to, to insource uh, these services, and uh, we have uh, we have done that. With regard to the forensic laboratory services, and the CEO will go into much more detail, but just to say, we we got them last month, uh, this month, should I say. They moved to us 19 days ago. We'll be back next year, and we will show you what we've achieved over the year. So although, for example, 60% may not sound very good for you now, uh, we don't want to tell you, we're struggling to get proper data to tell you what it was, um, but 60% will be a dramatic improvement in part of the trajectory. So we, we, there is a plan, uh, the CEO has reported repeatedly to the board on the processes of integration and the way forward, and, and we are confident that our team will, will, will deliver um, on, on that. Um, in terms of um, the, the um, the NHI, I think the, the key issue there really for the NHLS is the financial model uh, as, as, uh, as we've spoken about. So I think that that is it. We've shared the risks with you. Uh, we're working on a number of those risks. You mentioned IT, uh, you know, and I mentioned how we had worked on those. Um, and then there was a question about uh, the corruption. Now, someone mentioned 13 years. I'm not aware of 13 years. I'm aware that the, we had uh, whistleblower reports from the Ho in 20, late 2016. Uh, it was investigated by the board. We found uh, uh, further uh, evidence of corruption um, on, uh, uh, back in 2017. And um, we, we have acted uh, decisively on that corruption. We've reported that to you. Um, the CEO and, and, and then CEO and CFO were, were, were dismissed. Uh, the supply chain manager, the head of, uh, and, uh, of, uh, of um, the facilities manager and the legal manager resigned as we were preparing their disciplinary cases uh, and the head of internal audit and risk was dismissed. Uh, so um, uh, they, some of them are now facing charges in a criminal trial. They're back in court uh, again soon and they're out on bail at the moment. Uh, we also, as a board, took the initiative ourselves to go to the SIU, to ask the SIU to investigate these matters. And um, uh, we were told at the time by the SIU that it was very unusual for a public entity or government entity actually come to them with the evidence and ask for it to be investigated. They usually had to go out and find it. So we, as a board, we've, we've laid the criminal charges, we've reported to the chief procurement officer, we've taken the matters to the SIU, and we've acted uh, very strongly from a disciplinary perspective. And we've done the same with, uh, with, with PPE matters and are working closely uh, with the Hawks uh, um, to support uh, 
uh, their efforts and their But you're asking about the system strengthening, and I'll leave that to the CEO. But from a board perspective, we've, we've uh, put in place a number of improved systems, including, for example, a, a new system of tracking all our procurement um, and a proper procurement register that is digitized and not in kind of separate pieces of paper that can disappear and uh, uh, that, that, that can, can get muddled up and get confused. So we've got much clearer systems of controls in place um, that the board has been very, very satisfied uh, with, the, with the strong progress made uh, to implement the control measures in line with the direction uh, of the board. So I think that's just my uh, response at the, at the high level and uh, from a, a board chairperson and, and uh, as speaking on behalf of my board on, on some of these key, uh, key issues that you, you raise. Um, we keep, uh, you know, the, the, we, we work hard as a board and um, keep close track of, of what's happening. But before I hand over to the CEO, I just want to check if Prof. Uh, Professor Sachs, Prof. Mzangwa would like to uh, uh, just add anything from the board perspective uh, in response to the Portfolio Committee's questions. I really thank you for. Uh, certainly not from my side, Chair. Um, I think we have done Sorry, point of order, Chairperson. So sorry, point of order. Yes, Honorable Chairman, point of order. Uh, yes, I just wanted to get the details regarding the insourcing of when it took place, when they started with the process of doing the insourcing of cleaners and security guards. Thank you. Thank you. So a few years ago, the CEO probably carries the exact date in their head. But uh, um, Prof. Sachs and Dr. Zakwa, anything you'd like to add? Uh, nothing from my side, uh, Chet. Thank you. I see Dr. Zakwa put his mic on if he is talking, Dr. please. Yes, Chair. May I also actually appreciate the congratulatory message of uh, progress that have been made by one of the members that actually congratulating for the PIFES that actually have started being in uh, NHLS no? and strides that have been made. That is much uh, really appreciated. That's what I just wanted to say. The rest I'll just make up on follow-up when they see you actually that's me, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. And uh, then I'm going to hand over to the CEO, the executive team, to take you through uh, the technical questions, the operational questions, and to provide more detail. Thank you. Uh, th th thanks, thanks very much, uh, Chair. Um, we, I'm going to keep the video off because uh, of, of bandwidth. Um, the, the chair has fairly covered uh, quite a few questions, and the team that we've got present will uh, will assist. Um, the, the the question from uh, uh, Member Munyai with regard to data analytics, um, just to say that the data analytics hasn't been uh, removed. Um, that that was the one that we we added 
on the central data warehouse uh, report. So I'm not sure whether it's uh, on the interface, but that's uh, sort of separate from the data analytics. Uh, in fact, with regard to data analytics, as part of our strategic plan, the board has mandated us to make sure that it's a, a priority for the NHLS. Uh, and, and the uh, Research and Innovation Committee uh, has requested that we we have a, a business intelligence unit established uh, so, so that we can have much, much more in-depth analysis into uh, the data that uh, we have uh, in a, a greater analysis that would be able to um, uh, impact on uh, on policy decisions, assist the National Department of Health uh, in a number of areas. Uh, so that's something that we will be concentrating on uh, and, and strengthening. So you will see a lot more of those kind of analysis coming out. Um, the, the chairs has commented on the uh, South African National Blood Transfusion Service. Uh, I see that uh, uh, Aquina, Dr. Aquina Tulare uh, was on the call. Uh, but this is an issue that the National Department of Health, I know, have over the years has been battling with uh, in, in that they, they, uh, the Western Cape still has a separate blood transfusion service from the National Blood Transfusion Service, but this is, is it doesn't fall within our jurisdiction. Um, the, the issue around uh, the critical drivers in improving uh, a broad-based black uh, employment equity. We have got a, 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 an extensive plan with regard to that, and um, and it will be spoken on uh, by uh, uh, our HR rep um, in order to improve that. And we're quite confident. We have also um, a source the expertise of a of a company that deals with this. Uh, and, and, and we will be able to improve on that. Um, the, the issue around the, the number of medical technologists interns, um, th that is also dependent on the number of accredited posts that we have from the, uh, the HPCSA. And so our number has been uh, fairly constant, but uh, we have overachieved on it. Uh, and and uh, that is our intention. In fact, we we also expanding in order to take in um, a, a number of uh, uh, will students onto our platform as as well. So those numbers will increase. As I've indicated to you, our turnover rate is is very low. So that means that uh, the 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 need for us to absorb more uh, technologists. Um, we, we balance it very fine with our production versus uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the people who resign or uh, retire uh, in order to make sure that we can absorb as many of those, those students. And uh, we also look in the you know, whole workforce uh, benchmarking exercise in order to look at uh, uh, the workloads as, as well. Uh, but that's something that... Uh, you know, if there is a need to increase the number of medical technologists uh, that, that need to be trained, uh, that's something that we will, we will definitely look at. Um, the skills shortage in, uh, in ICT, especially with data analytics, uh, as I've indicated, this is an area that we are concentrating on. Uh, we do want to bring in more and more analysts 
in in order to uh, to be able to uh, crunch the big data uh, as we call it, and uh, our capacity there is is improving uh, all the time. Um, it's uh, and and it's an area that uh, uh, you know we we are working on. Uh, the issue around foreign nationals and how many we have. Uh, so we've got about um, uh, we've got uh, twenty five foreign nationals, mainly in uh, the the areas as pathologists, epidemiologists, uh, as as well as um, a medical scientists. So it's a skilled areas. Of the 25, only well, nine are permanent. The others are on contract. Uh, so, so that's the stats that we've got for, for foreign nationals. Um, then the, the what member Ismail um, has asked about the, 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 the decreasing budgets and how we will be absorbing that. The chair has has spoken to that. Uh, we have got a revenue enhancement uh, a strategy, uh, and and uh, you know as you can see from uh, what we have been doing is that we we have managed to uh, improve on our revenue collection, increase our revenue, and uh, this has also impacted on the surplus that we have. But right now. Uh, the the, uh, the the financial stability uh, of the NHLS is assured. Um, with regard to the skills shortages, the, the we are training a number of registrars in, in pathology in, in pathology, and we are especially concentrating on training uh, pathologists in anatomical pathology because this is our area. Uh, of, of greatest need. So we, we, we do balance the, uh, the, the training with regard to uh, the, the, the placement and absorption of the pathologists. Uh, but nevertheless, we've, we've told the portfolio committee that a number of our pathologists do go to the private sector. Uh, the private sector remuneration is much, much, much higher than, than what the, uh, the, uh, the NHLS can afford. And this is a dilemma that's not just facing only the NHLS, but all public sector uh, uh, health organizations. Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, when, when you're looking at uh, four times the rate that the NHLS is paying, it becomes extremely difficult for us. But we have got many committed individuals that are committed to the public sector uh, that, that uh, uh, and, and, and individuals who want to stay uh, with the public sector. The number of pathologists that we have has been uh, slowly increasing over the last uh, five years. This includes also registrars and, and medical scientists. Uh, so so uh, we, we, we are having um, some success, not enough, uh, admittedly, uh, so so we've increased the amount that's uh, uh, been trained uh, in order to absorb. We've also got a, a work, good working relationships with the private labs, uh, and and uh, you know we're having continuous discussions with them so that it doesn't have a negative impact uh, on us. Um, the the um, percentage increase or decrease in the budget, 
we've had a 16% decrease in the conditional grants. So that's to the NICD, the NIOH, and the uh, uh, teaching training and, and research grant. Um, we nevertheless, this won't impact on quality. And, and um, it's we, we continuously, in fact, continuously improving on our quality, regardless of, of the budget that, that we are getting. With regards to NHI and the implications, uh, we've presented in detail through to the, uh, the portfolio committee. Uh, we welcome the, the implementation of the national health insurance. Uh, I've indicated that we will be playing a, a pivotal role uh, with regards to that. And in fact, we are the only laboratory service in the country that will be able to cover the whole population. We're already covering 80% of the population. An additional 20% would not be an issue for us. Uh, and we would be able to have uh, the, the, the capacity and increase our capacity in order to be able to cover the total population for, for NHI. We also think there's an advantage for the, the NHLS uh, to, to take responsibility for the diagnostic services in NHI and then subcontract uh, to the private sector because in that way, the NHI itself will have a very comprehensive database of everybody who uses their health system because of our lab information system. So we think there's lots of advantages uh, to being the designated provider for the diagnostic services. Uh, but we had done an extensive uh, presentation on that. Uh, with regard to the regulations, we've, uh, the chair has spoken uh, around that. I've contacted the DG who uh, of, of the health department who has said uh, that they are on discussions with the uh, provinces and then those regulations were both... Um, sorry, the... the I see somebody else asked a question. For both the PISA and the NHLS Act, uh, then it, it will be published. But with regard to the amendments to the National Health Act, uh, we've already submitted our comments and have offered our assistance around the notifiable medical conditions to the National Department of Health. So we've provided extensive input into those regulations in the National Health Act. Um, I'm going to ask Prof. Adrian Furen to comment on the current environment with regard to, to, to COVID and uh, some of the other threats with regard to notifiable uh, medical conditions um, uh, from the NICD. Uh, but we are continuously alerting the public. So, for example, around Balaxia, around typhoid, uh, we, we, we continue uh, the surveillance with regard to that. And where we are seeing upticks, we, 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 we do alert the Department of Health. But Prof. Purin can answer to that. Uh, Member Gela has asked about the, uh, the, the budget pressures um, and, and uh, the impact on the KPI. Uh, Member Gela, the, the, the budget pressures have not impacted on our KPIs. Uh, we, we uh, you know, have tried to strengthen those KPIs and try to be a bit more realistic uh, with regard to that. Uh, and we won't let it impact on our, the core functioning of, of the entity. Uh, the NHLS, is, as uh, we, we are, uh, we endeavor to make sure that we mitigate whatever risks 
come our way in order to ensure the sustainability of the uh, of, of the organization because as i've said the organization is uh, the the to to uh, just excuse the pun is the is the lifeblood of the the whole health system um and and we'll we'll make sure that, that the nhls does not get uh, affected with with regard to that um Member Chair, well, the, the, with regard to the issue around uh, uh, the, the, the uh, um, in Port Seleka, the, the, we followed due process there, taking into account uh, some of the issues that, that, that you had spoken about, uh, but that process has gone all the way to, to its uh, finality. I'm not sure uh, who you're speaking about with regard to the, the issue of the person who was traumatized and was not shortlisted. And I would suggest that if we could, uh, you know, just get more details uh, from yourself with regard to that. But let me state categorically uh, that, that the NHLS will not tolerate racism at all. And, and if there's any allegations that people have feel that they be disadvantaged because of, of uh, the a perceived uh, uh, racism or bias or anything else, please bring it to our notice immediately so that we can deal with it uh, decisively as, as we, we, we always do. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, if, if you have got sort of any information with regard to that, uh, you know, please, please just let us know. Um, and then with regard to the issue around um, the, the, uh, systems that have been put into place. The acting CFO will will, uh, will talk to that in, in greater detail. But we we've strengthened our systems uh, and able to be able to pick up uh, corruption and, and fraud. And it's because of our strengthened systems that we we can so effectively pick up uh, and and prove and uh, you know act on it uh, uh, decisively. We also got a number of preventive measures and. In, in, in place, uh, a lot of these issues have been uh, uh, happening way before this, this board uh, and management team had been uh, uh, appointed, uh, but we will continuously, and we're very proud of the fact that the NHLS is one of the organizations uh, that acts uh, decisively on, on uh, fraud and corruption. The SIU has actually commended us for being one of the, uh, the the public entities that that has uh, worked very swiftly in, in ensuring that uh, the recommendations they made had been uh, implemented, uh, insourcing uh, we've insourced all our workers uh, when the requests had also come through from the portfolio committee. So so we've insourced the gardeners, the cleaners, uh, and the uh, security uh, in twenty twenty. 2018, um, and the agreement that we had had was that uh, their the, the salary uh, was much better initially than what they were getting in the uh, when they were outsourced, uh, but that over five years the salaries will be improved. Uh, but the board, uh, uh, following recommendations from the the, the, the management team. Uh, had decided that we're not going to wait those five years and the salaries have been brought on par uh, 
with, with the uh, uh, the NHLS staff uh, three years before the the end of those those five years. So, and and I can assure you that the uh, the cleaners and the the gardeners and the security guards have been very very thrilled uh, that we've managed to do that. It shows the commitment the board. Uh, and the executive team have with regard to uh, uh, ensuring that equity. Um, just to explain, the, the forensic chemistry labs have not been transferred from the South African Police Services to us. The, the South African Police Services still retains their forensic services, which is very different from ours. Uh, and, and their forensic services does the investigations for their, their, their cases that they have. Ours is an independent forensic service. Uh, the, the National Health Act at the outset in, in uh, 2000 already had that the forensic chemistry labs should be part of the NHLS, but it hadn't been proclaimed at that time and has only been proclaimed now. So it's always been the intention that the forensic chemistry labs will be uh, uh, brought over to the NHLS. Um, and and uh, you know, as Member Wilson has said, I think we'd need a, and, and maybe the portfolio committee can give us an opportunity because we, we, we have uh, uh, developed a, a plan during this very short uh, space of time. Um, and there's a lot of work that we recognize that needs to be done, but we are up to the challenge and we think that if any organization can do it, then we can uh, in order to repurpose uh, the forensic chemistry lab. Uh, so, so, Member Wilson, uh, and I thank you for the, uh, the, the kind remarks and uh, we, we will be more than happy to come back and present on the forensic chemistry labs. Uh, also, just to say, all our labs have gener uh, generators, but we're dependent on the hospitals because we, we, we are tenants within the hospital. But what we've done now is because of the state of the generators in the hospitals, we've asked, asked our labs to indicate to us if we can have standalone generators just to service the labs. Um, and and we, we've definitely got a plan with regard to our central data warehouse because we've already experienced cable theft where we struggle then to get our, our information out on how many cases there are in COVID, etc. So we're looking at a whole uh, uh, separate system for our central data warehouse in order to protect uh, and have uninterrupted power supply there. Um, and then I'll ask the, the uh, uh, CFO to, to just speak on the supply chain um, and our revenue uh, in, enhancement. Um, and then with regard to uh, uh, the human resource uh, retentions, um, the, 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 there is a whole strategy that we've got in, in order to, to, to look at it. And the board has also asked us uh, to look at additional measures the, that we can look at in order to retain uh, the, the scarce uh, resources. Uh, with regard to the question on uh, the number of people that were affected by COVID, of the 8,404 staff members over the two years that we've, we've had, 102 were hospitalized 
and and uh, unfortunately 26 um, have demised. Uh, it's been a huge loss for us, um, and and uh, it's also been some uh, some num key staff members. Uh, we've got a very good monitoring system uh, called Oasis. Uh, who, who Dr. Spoke can, can speak to, um, but it's uh, we were quite devastated uh, at the loss of, of uh, uh, our staff members. Um, so, Chair, the, the um, yeah, I've, I've spoken to uh, uh, the issue around whether the, the NHI member, Shaky Mom's. A question whether it's going to add pressure, and we we will welcome it because we think that we will not think we know that we we can uh, definitely uh, handle the 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 additional pressure. We've shown our resilience during the COVID nineteen, uh, and and we have both the the uh, the, the staff and and the skills um, to to uh, to be able to increase our capacity. So, so thanks, Chair. I'm going to ask the acting CFO to just respond. Thank you, Chair. Um, in terms of um, the questions that have been forwarded to me, Chair, um, the one that I'm going to deal with as well largely relates to the absorption of, of the decreases in the programs. Um, at the moment, 76% of our budget actually goes through to the lab services chair. Um, continuous engagement is continuing. I think the, the, the chair of NHLS and the CEO have already alluded to this as far as, as the balancing act that we need to, to, to make. Um, in the initial presentation that I had given in terms of the budget chair, um, I did speak to, to, to our revenue line and how we, we need to balance that revenue line in line with the increases from the departments. We have already engaged um, with the National Treasury in the current year for the next year, Chair, for the 2022-2023 financial year, specifically also looking at, at, at that Joseph Eck that I was referring to in terms of, of, of percentage increases in, in our revenue or rather our tariff versus the percentage increases in our operating costs. Um, so that will always be a struggle. Um, also very imperative to note, Chen Table, is that about 90% or so of our revenue does come from the provincial departments. So it is quite a key measure for us to look at. Um, we have included it in the APP in terms of the collection, um, not only in terms of revenue, but in terms of cash flow. So in our APP, we do have our debtors days collection. At the moment, for the 2022-2023 financial year, we're targeting about 100, uh, 100 days for that particular collection. So that will also be a key measure that, that, that we keep looking at. And, I, and the board does ask us on a quarterly basis to report back on that. Thanks. Um, the other area that we had spoken to, and I think Honorable Kira did raise this in terms of our systems of fraud and corruption, um, Honorable Kira, maybe if I can just give more detail there, um, the, the, there is a committee from the board that has been specifically dedicated to deal with that. So at a, at a board level, um, at a governance structure level, there is a particular policy that, uh, uh, committee that's there. We do have a, our, our policy 
uh, at a more operational level, we do have a, a fairly independent internal audit division. We've got a whistleblower system. We've largely segregated, we have a, a, a very robust system of, of, of segregation of duties. Um, if I can maybe also just give an example, if you look at our APP, part of the splitting of the, 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 the KPI relating to the tenders, certain tenders are actually um, approved at board level. Those are that are above 10 million. So that also speaks to our segregation of duties system that we have. At a less operational level, we do have reconciliations and then we do have a quarterly report um, through to the board. So in a nutshell, that, that in essence speaks to our system of, 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 of uh, the system that is there to prevent foreign corruption within the NHLS. The other question that you had asked was, Honorable Member Jira, was relating to the non-allocation of resources to the FCL. Um, from a financial perspective, I think what we will do in the next presentations is we will strip out the, the, the actual expenditure or the budgeted expenditure for FCL. But within the revenue figure that, that I had showed, the seven in the transfers received, um, from the 772, the 772 odd million that's there for the 2022-2023 financial year, 138 million of that has been specifically allocated, allocated financially to the FCL for the for, for the current year. Um, Honorable Harvard, you had raised the issues relating to um, risks within the SCM unit. Um, those risks, largely, I think the chair of the board and the CEO had already started to touch on them. But if I can speak at an operational level around those, yes, um, there are still, or there is still quite a lot of work to be done in terms of our audit plan. We have drafted an audit plan specifically relating to some of our weaknesses and findings from the 2021, 20, no, 2020-2021 um, audit. By, by, by the Auditor General, where a few of those risks were raised in terms of some of our weaknesses. Um, we have an audit plan drafted to address um, all of those. This particular audit plan as well gets monitored by, by the board um, on a quarterly basis. Um, and we are looking into strengthening that, 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 that particular unit as well. As far as or the second question um, related to the financial sustainability, which I have touched on in terms of it being a balance between ourselves and the provinces, and it does require quite a lot of uh, um, intergovernmental relations and, and engagement. Um, it's very important for us to, to, to look at our forecasting mechanisms. Um, the financial committee, which is the subcommittee of our board, has actually asked us on a, at, at a, every single sitting to actually speak to financial projections and financial forecasts, not only at a numbers level, but also at a cash flow level as well. So that 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 is that in essence is how we are responding um, to that financial sustainability um, question that 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 over the medium term um, will be something that we need to look at uh, very, very closely. In terms of the revenue and the costing strategy, in terms of the different uh, streams of revenue that we are looking at. Um, yes, um, we are looking at different streams. Um, largely, we have started having discussions strategically at, at, at looking at areas, and I think the CEO did raise the, the point around the occupational health sort of space where oh, there are opportunities for us um, in terms of, of, of the know-how that we have in that space. Uh, Dr. Spoh is on the line as well. Um, 
she does have quite a lot of detail in terms of some of those areas that you might be wanting to look into. Um, additionally, the costing strategy, um, this is also part of our cost reduction strategies. This will include, um, if I can go even at a more original level, it does include um, certain uh, lines um, in our income statement or rather statement of financial performance, um, including traveling, um, where we, we, for instance, in the last year, we were able to host a full conference on a virtual platform rather than actually hosting it on, on, on in, in a physical form. So those are just some of those um, activities as well that we've got traction on in terms of our revenue and costing strategy. Um, Chair, I think those were, those were the questions that were um, given to me to answer. Thanks. Thanks. Chair, then can we just ask uh, Prof. Adrian Purin to respond to the uh, questions on COVID and the notifiable medical conditions? Yeah. Is Adrian here? Uh, Chair, he, he seems to uh, have, have uh, dropped out. Uh, Perhaps uh, we can ask Prof. Melissana, I, I see she's, she's on, if you can respond to the COVID one. Sorry, Dr. Chetty, it's Adrian, I just had to rejoin. Oh, sorry, Adrian, okay. May I go ahead? Yes, please. Apologies for that. Thank you, um, Chair, Dr. Jacobs. And uh, my responses are mainly directed to the... Um, Member Clark's um, question specifically. So currently uh, we are coming out of the, the lowest point in terms of the Omicron resurgence. And so in fact, the, the numbers as you can see um, for South Africa are fairly low in terms of numbers per day, as well as the hospitalizations and deaths as well. The positivity rate, however, is slowly starting to increase, but I think we should not have to be overly concerned at this particular time. We do know that there are sub-variants of Omicron in circulation, and these may well overtake the current um, variant that is in circulation. But our understanding is that these particular variants will not exacerbate um, the current situation as, as we currently see it. However, I think we do need to be concerned if there is a variant that arises. Most of these variants have, have arisen independently, and we've seen that with Delta, for example, can cause um, quite a, a large increase in the numbers, as well as having effects in terms of our hospitalizations and deaths. So I don't think that we are out of this particular pandemic. So I think we should not be complacent um, and we've not reached an endemic situation at, at this particular time. So it's really critical and the NHS has played a key role through the NICD and its NHS laboratories and the NRH to keep um, it's monitoring systems in place. So those daily reports um, are generated through the NHLS uh, laboratories. And so it's really key for us to keep an eye on those particular numbers. We also need to keep an eye on the circulating variants, um, in particular the Omicron so far, but also to see if there are any other variants um, that may be of concern. With regard to um, the future as well, I think the, the role of, for example, specifically on vaccines is really going to be critical um, for us. And I think we realize that our vaccine campaign um, has reached a, a critical point. 
it's certainly reaching certainly the older age groups, but we need to continuously focus um, on that. And I'm critically aware that the National Department of Health had various initiatives um, in order to ensure that the broadest number of South Africans are um, vaccinated. And I think we should really need to continue to do that and encourage the Department of Health to achieve those specific objectives, especially in the old age group and vulnerable um, age groups. With regard to um, future outbreaks, again, the NHLS is well-placed um, in order to keep track of various current diseases and emerging diseases. So for example, um, the um, CEO has already mentioned about salmonella typhi and enteric fevers. So we certainly are aware of those. But again, I think the NICD has also issued um, concerning notes about, for example, the immune gap around influenza as well as RSV. So again, um, the expectation is that hospitals and um, medical fraternities should take note of these and be prepared for any increases uh, in cases. Similarly, the NHLS uh, laboratories and specialized laboratories such as the NICD are in a key position to keep a track of any emerging um, diseases or new diseases, diseases or re-emerging um, diseases in that it not only has systems within South Africa, but also collaborations outside of South Africa to keep um, track um, of these. Just on a final note about the notifiable medical conditions and the modified or the amended uh, health regulations, just to say that again, the NHLS and specifically the NICD and the NIH have um, put together a response um, to the amendments. And we've also offered our assistance to assist the National Department of Health to address those particular amendments. Again, um, our amendments uh, certainly provide advice around specific approaches, because again, um, not all uh, communicable diseases can be approached in the same way. And we have certainly provided the necessary technical advice around these particular amendments. I, I hope that that um, covers the, the questions that were raised by uh, Member Clark. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, thanks, Prof. Kieran. Uh, Prof. Melissana? Thanks. Prof. Melissana, do you...? No, sir. I think um, Prof. Kieran has covered uh, what needed to be covered. Thanks. I don't have anything else to add. Okay, uh, thanks. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Dr. Stone? Um, just be mindful. I think we, I will uh, be having load shedding in four minutes. Thank you, CE. Thank you, Chair. Nothing. Uh, I think I've been covered. Thank you. I mean, Chair, I, I think we forgot your questions, uh, uh, Honourable Chair. Uh, so, so with regard, just quickly to say, uh, we are consulting on the digital pathology globally, uh, and we are drawing on, on others' experiences. Uh, the team that's working, the expert team that's working on it, uh, says that it is quite tricky, uh, but we committed to the implementation of digital pathology, uh, and the modernization of, of, of all our equipment. Um, so our training numbers haven't been decreasing. Uh, we, we have been increasing that. That's something that, uh, that, that we'll take back from this. Uh, and then uh, with regard to our costing strategy, uh, we, I think we did, uh, we've done an extensive amount of work on alternative reimbursement models. 
but at the moment, the fee-for-service is the simplest model to, uh, to institute, but we're in discussions with the National Department of Health, and that may change with NHI. Uh, and, and then just with regard to the forensic chemistry labs, we take your point around the blood alcohol testing. Uh, we don't want to wait for that long and only for half the samples. So we will look at improving that KPI. Uh, and, and, you know, we if, if the portfolio committee wants us to come back to present in a few months' time, uh, you know, on the FCLs, we, we would welcome that. Thanks, Chair. Thank you very much. So, Dr. Jacobs? very briefly, um, just to say that um, with regard to the forensic chemistry laboratories, it seems that many members have very valuable information, and we would ask them through your office to share that information with our CEO so that we can incorporate that uh, as we build to address uh, the, the, the many problems there. Um, the, the second thing is, um, I just wanted to acknowledge the arrival of, of Prof. Tanyani Mariba, the chairperson of our National Academic Ecology Committee uh, of the board. Uh, he joined late, I'm sure it was linked to load shedding. Um, and uh, he's done spectacular work with the universities. And I'm just sorry we haven't got time for him to share some of what has been done to retain specialist skills and capability at, at, the, at, at that level in the organization, maybe for another time. Um, and uh, also just to, to, please, to allow me to please appreciate the provincial health departments and the Ministry of Health. Um, you know, most of our revenue comes from provinces paying for the services we provide. And we recognize that the provinces have been under financial pressure but they no, have maintained better payments to us uh, no, over the years. Just make a statement. If I do get cut off, then I'm asking the host to, to end the meeting immediately and not free to continue if I do get cut off. Can you please conclude? Thank you. So I was just saying that, um, you know, the provinces, in spite of the financial pressures their health departments have been on, have been paying the NHLS um, on a regular basis. Our payment is still not perfect, but it's really been consistently improved over the last couple of years. And I think that's in recognition of the good relationships we've developed, but also their recognition of the value that we bring uh, to, to the country and not wanting to undermine our ability. So you asked us about financial stability. A lot of that is due to that and to the efforts of the Minister of Health uh, in supporting us, in, in, in engaging with provinces, um, to encourage this approach to the NHLS and this support. And I didn't want to end uh, without recognizing and appreciating that very central and critical feature to our financial performance and our sustainability. Thank you very much. Dr. Jacobs, I think your mic may be off if you were speaking. 